Welcome to the Deep Work Podcast with Anthony Lucarini. This is episode number seven, and today we are joined by one of my favorite people. This guy is a speaker. He is an evangelist. He travels all around the world. Um, he is a husband, a father, and he's just the man. So welcome to the Deep Work Podcast, Micah Mack. Hey, thanks so much, man. Uh, huge fan of yours, but more than a fan. Love that I get to be your friend, bro. And uh, this is so amazing what you're doing and just honored that you would ask uh, me to be on today's episode with you. Dude, I could not do this thing without you. You're one of the first guys that I thought of, of, of bringing on. So pumped to hear what you're going to bring to the table today. So, um, man, we got to, we've been able to work together a few times now. Um, we brought you down to speak and you crushed it. I was actually at lunch yesterday with one of my leaders and he's like, I told him I was bringing you on. He's like, oh yeah, that's the guy that talked about the rocks. And I was like, that's him. <laughs> you remember? Yeah. So yes. you've left an impact on our student ministry. And then again, during COVID, we brought you on. Um, to what we called midweek live. Um, we did the whole thing online and man, I don't feel like I set you up well. I sent you a little text of like, hey dude, uh, we're gonna talk about this. And then you came on and absolutely just crushed it. So our students love you, man. Um, it's been so fun to work with you, um, man. And I can't wait to bring you down again soon. We're gonna have to make that happen. Let's go. I'm gonna be in South Carolina coming in November. So I'm gonna try to see if I can scoot over your way and see if I can hang for a bit with you. Dude, I'm pumped for that. I can't wait. Uh, well, dude, there's, uh, there's been something on my mind, on my mind lately, uh, a book that I've been reading by Dallas Willard talking about the disciplines of the spirit. And man, just a few pages in, he was already, God was just wrecking my mind on that. Um, and there's something that, that Willard talks about. And he says that, you know, growing up, we all emulate uh, the athletes. We all emulate, emulate our favorite players. And he talks about baseball players, for example, like, all right, one of the guys I emulated was Derek Jeter, just watching him perform um, not only in the game, but in the postseason, in the clutch, um, in the World Series. And, man, the way that they perform on, on the big stage is incredible. And so often, you know, we're in the driveway when we're, um, you know, doing batting practice and thinking of, like, man, like, all right, in my head, I'm Derek Jeter. This is game seven of the World Series. And we want to emulate our favorite players come game time. But what Willard talks about is that's only, like, the 2%. That's only what we see um, in the games. But what happens – um, out there is really it's minuscule to to what's really going into them becoming world-class athlete it, athletes it's what's happening in the postseason it's what's happening in, in the workouts and what's happening in practice and stuff like that so as somebody who is an evangelist you get to travel and speak a lot we get to see you on stage we get to see you on camera we get to see you on instagram but i don't think any of that can really happen and to the to the level of excellence that you bring to that um of course, with the help of the Holy Spirit, doing, doing everything behind the scenes and, and working in people's hearts. But man, I just want to know today, man, what's the deep work? What's happening that we are not seeing um, in your life? Yeah, it's a great question, bro, and a great setup. In fact, it reminds me of a book that I read uh, a couple of years ago called Anonymous, and fantastic book for any young leader in ministry. And to parallel what you just set up, Anthony, is... Um, Really, when you look at the life of Jesus, lived about 33 years old. Well, really, we only got to see three years of his life. Mm -hmm. What we didn't see were the 30 years before his ministry. And she related it to an iceberg. Icebergs are huge. And we see them above the surface of the water. And maybe we only see about 10% of the actual iceberg because 90% of it is below the water. And so much of Jesus's public ministry was fueled by the 30 years prior 
to his launch of his ministry. And so, um, man, when you ask that question, like, hey, we see you out traveling on the road, we see you on Instagram, but what's really going on behind closed doors? I just try to emulate what my great uh, example, Jesus himself mm, emulated. Yeah, yeah. And I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced, even though we are enamored by the miracles, the healings, the preaching, the authority that Jesus demonstrated with, the calming of storms, the casting out of demons, that's all glamorous. But what I'm convinced, I'm convinced that what Jesus did most was getting away and learning yeah. how to pray. And the reason why I say that is because um, the disciples didn't ask Jesus how to preach better sermons. We yeah. love to preach better sermons. They didn't ask Jesus how to cast out demons better. They didn't ask Jesus how to heal people better. They said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? And I find that interesting because I think, this is just a speculation, I think what they found Jesus do most wasn't actually ministry. It was probably out by himself trying to connect with his father. Even Jesus said, I only do what I hear the father telling me to do. Jesus was so connected to his father that the ministry was the byproduct of his intimacy with his heavenly father. So to answer your question, I literally try to practice that exact example of finding time every day to cry out to Jesus, to go before him, because my strength and the mm. power that I live from isn't mine. It's connected to him. And so I would say that's been one of the greatest disciplines and a fantastic book that you just referenced by Willard. All of his books are great, but that's a great book, man, that you're uh, diving into right now. Yeah, man, dude, love that. And um, all right, let's just start, start here, man. How important is a prayer life for the believer? Yeah, dude, uh, without prayer, you sink. I really mm -hmm. believe this. I believe prayer and fasting is kind of the secret sauce within the life of the follower of Jesus. Um, Jesus started his ministry hungry and he ended his ministry thirsty. Mm -hmm. Jesus modeled a life of prayer and fasting. If Jesus, the savior of the world needed to pray and fast, then how much more do you and I need to learn how to pray and fast? And I always say it like this, the more you pray, the more you will pray. It's like riding a bike. When you get on the first time you skin your knee, you're like, this is dumb. This is stupid. I want my training wheels. <laughs> yeah. But the more you ride your bike, the better you are at riding your bike. It's the same concept. The more you pray, the more you have a hunger to pray. It becomes an appetite. It becomes something you desire. I heard Leonard Ravenhill say this in a book that he wrote called Revival Praying. He said, when I look back on my ministry career, I spent two-thirds of my time studying the Bible for sermons, a third of my time praying. He said, if I could go back over and do it all over again, I'd spend two-thirds of my time praying and a third of my time studying the Word of God for sermons and, and, and personal study. And I would just say um, the, greatest, um, the greatest push in our ministry to what we do has literally been prayer and fasting. It has opened up doors that we couldn't open for ourselves. It's, yeah. it's, it's led us into relationships we never thought we'd meet. Um, God has literally been the orchestrator. And the principles we see in scripture, no matter how old-fashioned they sound, they are literally how God moves in the earth today. And so the quicker you can realize to learn how to pray and to, and to know you're a lot probably more like the disciples than you are Jesus and knowing it's okay to ask, how do I pray? 
you're in good company. If the disciples who follow Jesus closer than anybody asked how to pray, just know you're not alone and wanting yeah. to learn how to pray too. So those are some thoughts that come to mind and how important it is to have a prayer life and, and the follower of Jesus. Wow. Dude, and, that, and by the it. way, that, yeah. that's just kind of scratching the surface in terms of yeah. an answer. There's so much more I could say, but those are some things that come to mind. No, no, I think that's, I think that's so good. And here's the thing that I've learned, man. Brene Brown says clarity's kind. Um, when it comes to prayer, I, I'm not going to assume that everybody listening to this knows how to pray. Um, so even right. as you said, like the disciples asked the question, Jesus, how do we pray? Um, yep. And we, we have that example in scripture. And okay, if, if I had somebody on the podcast right now thinking, man, I'd love to start, I'd love to, love to do that, but I don't know how. Um, let's just minister to that person right now. Let's just break that down really yeah. clearly. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm happy you asked that question because I wanted to go there. It's just I yeah. felt like my answer was too long. So thank you for asking <laughs> that question. Yeah. Um, one, number one is this. Find a space every day where you can go. It's your space. Nobody gets access to it. It's between you and Jesus. Maybe it's an office a cubicle before anyone shows up at work. Maybe it's in the truck, in the, in the seat of, front seat of your truck. Maybe it's an office in your house. Find a space. That's key. If you don't have a space, then you'll just kind of intentionally drift along through prayer. Creating and finding a space, it designates a, a certain area where this is used primarily for prayer. Uh, number two, uh, find a journal. And what I say, what I mean by this is, Prayer is not just monologue, it's dialogue. It's dialoguing with God. It's you taking time to listen, to write down maybe thoughts that you think God might be speaking to you, maybe verses that God's highlighting in your mind. It's an opportunity to write and journal out, uh, maybe even prayers, writing prayers. You don't have to speak prayers, write prayers. That's another way. Um, another option is walk and pray. Maybe you're a walker and you connect with God really well. Uh, by walking and praying. Maybe you take your lunch breaks and you eat for 20 minutes, but then the next 20 minutes you get up and walk and work off that McDonald's you just ate, <laughs> but then you do it with something spiritual by, 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 by attempting to pray and connect with God. There are so many methods, right? Whatever you find that best connects you to Jesus, do that. Yeah. And there's not one size fits all because every person's different. The main thing is though, is that you attempt to set aside time to pray. I have three different categories that help guide my prayer life. And if you were to come to my house, you would see a whiteboard with three different lists on the whiteboard. The first one is a list of breakthroughs. I write down people in my life that need a breakthrough. I have a friend who just got diagnosed with breast cancer, a friend who just lost her vision in her right eye, a friend who's battling uh, sexual identity, uh, so many people are on this breakthrough list. This is a time that I bring people before God who need a breakthrough in their life. I also have my family on that list, my wife, my kids. Then the second list, I have a list of people that don't believe in Jesus and don't give a rip about Jesus. So then I spend time committing them to God, praying that God would find them, praying that God's love would minister to them, that he'd bless them. Then I have a third list, and it's called God's favor list. I pray over all the other evangelists like me who are out traveling in the world. And I pray that God would bless them and his favor and protection would be upon them. I want to pray for other people that do what I do to see them blessed, them yeah. uh, experience God's favor. Because when I do that, it takes my eyes off my own ministry. I have those three categories and it helped me stay focused in my time of prayer. 
Um, and then I have an aspect of just listening, an opportunity for God to speak to me and put uh, back in my heart. So I bring a Bible with me. I have some worship music with me. And that's my prayer room that I've started in my house. Wow, dude. So good. So practical. Oh, so, oh and by yeah. the way, the best thing is, is when you literally get an answer to that prayer, yeah. I have a fourth category and I shift all the answered prayers into that fourth category. Let's go. So it reminds me of God's faithfulness that he actually answers prayer, which by the way, just got a phone call yesterday from my friend who had lost vision in her eye, just regained 20-20 vision in her eye. Wow. And her other eye that's uh, permanently damaged just had an increase in vision. Y'all, answer wow. prayer. Let's go. Let's go, guys. Let's go. That's so I awesome. I moved her name over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. I was going to even mention, man, like, there's nothing like going back and circling those dates where it's like, all right, I'll write it on this page, put the date with it. And you know, any yep. answer prayers going back and just getting to circle it and be like, all right, God, you know, I had faith and now you are faithful, you know, like, yes. um, you know, and it's not even determined on my faith, but it's, you know, he, he's just so good. So that's dude. I love that. I love that so much. And I was just reading this morning about King David and just um, his faithfulness. And then it said, and God heard the prayers of King David yep. and then, uh, you know, gives favor to the land. Um, man, God is moving. God is still active. God is still moving. Yes. And, um, dude, love that the conversation. Conversation is going this way because I think this is just absolutely pivotal. As we talk about the deep work, this is the deepest work. This is the most essential work. This is the most foundational mm -hmm. work. You don't have to be in ministry to pray. You don't have to be um, mm -hmm. a professional or an evangelist or anything like that to pray. Um, I think one thing that um, maybe hinders people from prayer. I think it's totally a Western mindset of like, Oh, I just don't have time. What would you say to that? Yeah. I would just say, um, honestly, what you love, you find time for, yeah. um, what you love doing, you'll actually create time for So to say that I don't have time. In other words, this might sound harsh. It, you can might as well just say, I don't really love Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean that to send a rebuke, well, maybe it is a rebuke, honestly. Maybe, hopefully, it does motivate you. But God's not a condemning God, but it's his love that compels us to pray. This might free you and, and might free anybody who maybe even might even fall into legalism a little bit. If we're not careful, we can start to um, get into a works-based salvation. And the reality is, is we can never work our way to our salvation. Christ gives us a, that as a free gift. But maybe this thought might free someone. Do you realize... Every day you wake up, you start from God's love. You start from it. You don't earn it. You don't work for it through prayer. You literally get to start from his unfailing love. Psalm says, I wake up in the morning and I proclaim your unfailing love. And when I go to bed at night, I ponder your faithfulness. Mm. We literally wake up in the morning getting to start from his unfailing love. And we get to finish our day thinking about the faithfulness of God. So anybody out there who might feel discouraged of like, man, I really got to do a better job of praying. What if you switched your mindset of, I really got to do a better job of, and switched it to, I get to start from a place of love and connect with God. Yeah. That is freeing. It's a powerful thought. And I would just say, you make time for what you love. And because God loves you, you get to connect with him and you get to prioritize him. And um, Jesus said it uh, maybe even in a harsher way. He said, apart from me, you'll never be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'll just say this, like prayer is a form of honoring God, knowing this, that God, apart from you, I can't do it. So I need this in my life to help remain in your love. 
and for your words to remain in me. Yeah, man. Amen. And it's so easy. It's so simple just to see, um, man, the, the favor of God on your life and how incredible you are of what we do get to see of when we do get to see the highlight moments, the championship games in your life, which are the, um, the, the awesome moments where you're ministering, ministering to, to our students. Um, man, those are just so easy to see when we, when we really see the foundation behind your entire ministry, your entire life, your entire, um, just everything being that connection with, with God. So, um, man, so good. So good. Um, we have a section that we get to do on here called put me on. And one of these, I'm actually going to cheat a little bit, dude, you for the entirety of 2020 have been posting all the books that you've been reading on your Instagram. So one, I want to point everybody to that, but, uh, what number are you at currently? Like right now? Uh, I think I'm on 35. Let's right go. Let's go. So, yeah, man. Yeah. So I don't think we need to go through the entire list of 35 and no, just put right. me on section, but, um, man, one, let's hear what's, what's fresh on your mind right now. What are you listening to? What are you reading? And then I want to revisit kind of some of those books. Yeah, no. So, uh, what's fresh on my mind right now is, um, a podcast I subscribe to that I love is the Carrie Newhoff leadership podcast. It's just, a, yeah. it's, it's gold. Um, I love it. Um, he brings on great leaders, uh, but it provides fresh insight. As someone who's on the road, I want to stay connected to what's going on in pastors' minds and leaders' minds. I want to know what they're thinking about. I want to know their challenges. Because when I come in and preach at a church, I'm not coming to bring my stuff. I'm coming to support whoever's bringing me in and the vision that's on their heart. So that helps me stay connected. Um, I also subscribe to Ravi Zacharias' podcast. Mm. And I just, I know he's passed on, but I just so value his legacy that he's left yeah. and the life that he lived. And um, we can learn from people who are alive and we can also learn from people who have passed on yeah. and um, everything we need to grow in Christ and be the leader we're called to become. Uh, God's given us uh, wise leaders, wise counsel, wise insight to learn from. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I've read so many different books <laughs> this past year that it's kind of been a blur in terms of, uh, books and reading books, but I've read a variety of different books from Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Just yeah. a story of grit, a story of just grinding the teeth and getting through, which we kind of need that right now in 2020. It was honestly a timely book to read of just like, hey, it's not always going to suck. There's going to be good days. Just hang in there. And I think part of the Christian life, even though it's a secular book, so much of the Christian life is when Jesus said, and in Luke 18, I'm going to teach you how to pray and I'm going to mm -hmm. teach you how to never give up. I love yeah. how he talks about never giving up because so many of us look to give up and we forget the long view that God mm -hmm. has for our life, which that would be another book I recommend. And if you're really hating 2020, read mm -hmm. the book, God of the Long View. Um, I can't recall the author's name right now, but it gives you such a fresh perspective that God works in not microwave concepts. He works in the long approach, the mm -hmm. long view of your life. That's been another good book that's really just been uh, comforting and um, a great read for the season that I'm in. Um, another book, uh, Jesus Skeptic by John S. Dickerson has been a book that uh, I just really valued the insights of the power of Christianity and how Christianity has literally changed the world as we know it. Um, and so, uh, man, Failure of Nerve, another great book. Um, um, another great book, End of Memory by Miroslav. Another great book. Uh, 
so many fascinating, insightful books that I've been able to read this past year, but those are just a few that yeah. come to my mind uh, kind of right off the bat. Dude, heck yeah, we got a lot to go off of. And again, <laughs> I want to point people back to your Instagram where that's in a, a story highlight, right? All your books? Uh, yeah, so I purposely created a highlight because people often ask, me hey man what are you reading well instead of having to dm and text all everybody that asks why don't i just make a highlight that people can yeah. scroll through and see the books that i'm reading and also anybody who wants to bring me in to travel and preach it, it gives them insight oh this guy he's been reading this stuff it, yeah. it allows people just to get some insight into what i'm putting my eyes my mind to and uh, what i'm studying and reading Dude, I love that. I might have to copy that for myself. So when you guys see that on my Instagram, I got it from this guy. Um, <laughs> dude, one of the stories that I love at a shoe dog, I'm so glad that you mentioned that one. Um, how about the time where Nike wanted to create the Cortez or no, the Aztec and then um, Adidas came along and they were like, no, we're going to get, we're going to sue you because we already have the Azteca. And uh, so Phil Knight comes back, goes to his guy and they're like, oh, we're about to name this the Cortez because that's the guy that <laughs> conquered the Aztecs. When I read that, I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, let's go. Yeah. So that is dude, such a good it's book. It's cutthroat. It's cutthroat, yeah. man. For sure. <laughs> Love that. And then dude, we can't uh end this podcast without mentioning a new book coming out um right now. Actually, when you listen to this, it may already be out. It's called Death to Life. It's by this author um named Micah McDonald. Um he's also known as Micah Mack. Um and he's also yeah. right here on this podcast. So, dude, can we just talk about the process of writing? Um, you said this is your second book, right? Well, so this is my first ever published first. and okay. written book, but yeah. I just finished the writing of my second book, wow. which is going to come out later this year. And so I started a growth plan to start the year on areas I wanted to grow. And one of the things I wrote down of my objectives is I wanted to write one book this year. And if I could write two, two would be a dream, but one for sure. And so one is officially published. Uh, it came out on October 13th as the launch day. You can find it on Amazon. Just search death to life in Amazon. There's two parts to the book. The first part of the book is very inspirational. It's emotive. It will move your heart. It's the story of my own story, my own personal story of a lot of the trauma, the drugs, the affairs, the divorce, a lot of things that I've seen, cancer. So much death has surrounded my life. But smack dab in the middle of death, I've literally witnessed the resurrecting power and the light that Jesus gives. Wow. And then the second part of the book, it's very practical. It's how do I live a life away from the grave? Proverbs talks about this life being lived away from the grave. Lazarus had his grave clothes removed. But so many of us, when we experience Christ, it's like we still keep the grave clothes on. Mm -hmm. I talk about how do you live a life away from the grave and away from the grave clothes that so easily look to trip us up in our life. So I talked about practical ways to live a life that Christ has called us to live. So two mm -hmm. parts of the book. Um, my first book, I'm sure 10 years from now, I'm going to look back and be like, dang, I was a really <laughs> bad writer. This is horrible. I'm sure. It's like when you preach your first sermon and yeah. you watch it back 10 years later, you're like, dude. What I was, was a I horrible preacher. Like, what the junk? Yeah. I'm People sure listen it to me, what? that way. But you know what? We got to start somewhere. Yeah. We got to start somewhere. And I am so grateful uh, to be able to write this book, to be able to travel with it now. And then my second book should be coming out in November uh, wow. sometime. So, yeah. Dude, you're crushing it. 
<laughs> crushing it big time. Man, one thing I love about you is you're so practical. And, you know, that's going to be the second half of this book, second part of the book. And, yeah. uh, man, you've given us so much today. You've given the listeners so much today. Um, given me so much today. So, man, thank you. Um, Micah, you've been so, so good to me over since we've met. Uh, man, anytime I've reached out, you've been so good to just jump on and give me more than I needed. Or I'm like, hey, man, um, can you help me with this podcast? And you're like, how about I, I do that? And then I give you 10 other guys to help you with this thing. So, man, that's been a huge blessing to my life. Some of the guys, you, guys you've passed on, along to me have been um, so, so awesome just to, to connect with and meet and learn from. And, um, man, of course, then I get to go straight to you as well and get to learn from you. So uh, love what you're doing. Love the way you live your life. Love the way that you are so passionate about the gospel. And, um, man, I know that not only I, but everybody else listening to this is going to be um, so passionate about their prayer life and about seeking the Lord even, even harder after hearing this. So thank you for sharing well, man, uh, your deep work. For today, sure. Dude. For sure. Well, dude, I was going to say one of the things that first stood out to me about you when we first met in person was your hunger to learn and your hunger to ask questions. And I know this podcast gonna, is going to be a blessing to so many people because Anthony, one of the qualities that stands out in your life is you're a lifelong learner. You never come to a spot where pride sets in and now you're done learning, but you have a humble, teachable heart. And honestly, man, it's so exciting because um, you're emulating an example uh, for the deep work that God's doing in you for other leaders to catch and grasp. And so it's just an honor for me to be able to share for a little bit and always cheering you on, bro. Mm, that means the world, man. Seriously, more than you know. So cool. thank you. Thank you so much. Well, guys, I just want to say thank you for joining us on the Deep Work Podcast today. For any links, show notes, or any additional resources mentioned in today's episode, which there's a lot, um, go to my Instagram page at Anthony Lucarini. If you need help on the spelling, as always, check the spelling in this podcast spelled just like that. You can find all of that in the bio on my Instagram page. And I encourage you to uh, keep up with and follow Micah Mack. I'm going to tag him on my Instagram so that way you can follow him. And again, man, he is somebody worth following. Go check the, the Instagram uh, stories. The, what is it called? The what are 2020 books. Stories. Yes. The, the, story highlights, highlight. the, highlight. the story highlight, highlight. man. I'm such an old man these days. Uh, go check the highlights, <laughs> go check out uh, the books that he's reading for even more resources. Uh, and of course, lastly, if you were enjoying the deep work podcast, it would help us out big time. If you would rate subscribe and of course share, we'll see you next Monday for our next episode of the deep work podcast. We'll see you then.